Welcome back to I Love You. I know. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and Star Wars. But mostly it's about Star Wars. Thank you guys again for listening. And we figured this was a good time to kind of take another step back and look at what needs to be in the Star Wars universe. What's there? Why is it there? And why should you care? Um, So we're going to call this our starter kit. Uh, But before we dive into that, uh, might as well tell you guys about the starter kit that is our relationship. So Kevin, our first date, when was it? What was that? That was in 1998, August 29th, 1998. I got that right? You did get that right. All right. Good we, job. Yeah, we went out to dinner somewhere. Dinner's loose. We went to Pizza Hut. That's right. Yes. And then we saw the movie Armageddon at the co-ed theater in uh, Champaign, Illinois, which no longer exists, sadly. That is correct. Our first date was literally the end of the world. And I, if, I if I remember right, you didn't think it was a date at the time. That is correct. I thought we were just hanging out because we had gone to the football game and then we were hungry. And so then we got pizza. And then I don't know why we decided to go to a movie, but I went with. Yeah. Well, two things. One, I thought it was a date. And that's why we went to a movie. And two, there wasn't so much the internets as they are today back then. So what else were we going to do? We couldn't like watch netflix that wasn't a thing for 20 years good point good point so yeah that's uh how our relationship started and here we are and it's 2020 and uh yeah we're old yeah a little bit not quite as old as star wars though so let's get into it all right all right what is star wars how would you define it i would define it as a universe of media and people and you know uh, just a collection of amazing stories that have played out over between movies and TV and books and comic books and video games and audio tapes and radio dramas and magazines and internet chat rooms of all varieties. And it's just, it's a, it's a community of amazing stories that, that build an entire universe of characters and people and problems and relationships um, that definitely has, is worthy of the, the huge fan base following that follow Star Wars. Don't forget the toys. Oh, right. It's actually really all just a way to sell toys. Well, yeah, but the toys are pretty cool. The toys are pretty great. All right. So we got the movies. We got the books. We got TV. We got cartoons. We got toys. We got video games. Uh, Give us the highlights of each of those there. Yeah. So there are nine main story movies in what's called the Skywalker Saga. So the first three movies that were produced were episodes four, five, and six. The second set of movies were episodes one, two, and three, and the third set seven, eight, and nine. And all of those have something to do with members of the Skywalker family, which uh, are a family of Force-sensitive people that have a strong effect on the events of the galaxy. Okay. There are two additional standalone movies that are called Rogue One and Solo. Rogue One tells the story of a rebellion squadron that uh, has to do a thing. And Solo is sort of an origin story for one of the characters, Han Solo. There are additional Lost movies, including the Star Wars Holiday Special, which was a made-for-TV movie that literally George Lucas has disavowed, purchased all existing copies, and destroyed them. I seem to remember when we were much younger and we were out at the Alamo Draft House in Austin around Christmas time, and they did a Christmas special where they would make fun of different other holiday movies, the little snippets of this holiday spectacular fell into that. 
Yeah, clips of it still exist. And if you search hard enough in YouTube and you get lucky, you can actually find a full version of it. I, as you all know, am a huge lover of all things Star Wars, and I was not able to watch the entire thing. It was too terrible, and I couldn't get through it. There's a story that Carrie Fisher, part of her contract for participating in it, she knew how bad it was going to be, and she got to keep a copy. And when she had uh, parties at her house that lasted too long, she would put that movie in and make everyone watch it to get them to all go home. Like when the bar turns the lights on at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's that bad. Yikes. Okay, so those are the main movies. We've got books, we've got TV, we got cartoons, we got video games. What are the highlights there? So um, cartoon shows really had a, a renaissance recently. Um, there are two two main shows and then sort of a, a third less popular show. So um, there's a show called Clone Wars, which takes place during the Clone Wars, which and happens between episodes two and three, right? That's right. Between episodes two and three. And it really fleshes out what the whole Clone Wars were about. It's a it's a really great show. Um, and the showrunner for Clone Wars, his name is David Filoni, also ran a show called uh, Star Wars Rebels, which takes place um, just before uh, Rogue One and the Battle of Yavin. So after episode three, but before we meet the original Star Wars. That's right. Okay. Um, there is a third show that's called Star Wars Resistance, which takes place before the events. I think it's between the events of episodes seven and eight. Um, it is a much more kid-focused show. So the interesting thing about Clone Wars... When did this come out? Uh, it came out about a year and a half ago or something. It's available on Disney+. Plus. It's not great. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't watched it yet. So. I haven't. I've watched about three episodes, and that was it for me. All right. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, it's it's Okay. Clone Wars and Rebels both started out with a little, because they're cartoon, they're animated, they started out with a little bit more of a younger audience focus, but they got into some topics that made them not very, like, they're not kids shows. There are some episodes that you guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but my eyes are wide because they're shockingly adult. Yeah. Uh, Resistance is stays focused as a kids show, and, um, and it's fine, but it's not my favorite piece of content. Um, Can we talk about my favorite piece of content? What's your favorite piece of content? Well, besides the original trilogy. Yeah. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is a fantastic show. Yes. It's not a cartoon. It's probably one of the best TV shows I can remember watching as an adult. Um, what else about it? I, I mean, I it's still really new, so I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but it's like a space western, and it is... There's so many different aspects that hit things that make TV shows great. So you've got the suspense, you've got romance, you've got relationship, you've got a sense of family, you've got action, and then you have this incredible amount of acting from a guy whose face you never see. It's pretty cool. It's a great show. It's uh, The first season is complete. It's another Disney Plus show. Um, the second season is launching in the fall. I'm very excited to see where they go with the story. And when does it take place, Kevin? So Mandalorian takes place after the fall of the Empire. So this would be after Return of the Jedi, but before the rise of the First Order in Episode 7. So sort of in that 20 to 25 year period between those two movies, when the galaxy is really trying to align itself around the remnants of the Empire. It's like five years, right? After, after the Battle of Endor. Something like that, yes. Okay. And and but it's it's during the time when the galaxy is realigning around, you know, remnants of the empire, the rise of the new republic. There's a lot of lawlessness. Um, bounty hunters 
are sort of running the show. And, um, and yeah, it's a really interesting period in Star Wars history that really hasn't been visited by any other canon media. What, what's canon mean? So there's two sort of divisions of Star Wars media. There's what's today called the canon and the legends. So originally, after the movies were made, people started building other media around them. They started making, uh, they started writing books. In fact, after A New Hope was written was when the first Star Wars novel was written um, called uh, Shadows of the Empire. So, Are these the like 75 books that you have hanging out in your office? I'm down to about 15, but if you remember back in uh, college, I had, yeah, I think probably 75 or 80. I don't know. I think it's more than 15, but for those of you looking for disagreement between the two of us, I'll do a count and let you know at the next podcast. Yeah, I, I know that we cleaned them up and I don't have all of the collection that I used to have. Okay. Um, but uh, so people started writing novels um, about Star Wars from the time that the first movies came out and they told a lot of amazing stories, mostly about what happened after um, well, the, the first set of books between the movies and then the second set of books, what happened after the movies. Um, eventually, when Disney bought LucasArts and Lucasfilm and took over the Star Wars franchise, there was so much content and so many books, it was restricting Disney's ability to make more movies and tell their own story. So they declared all of the existing media as what they call now the Legends canon. So Legends is not of quote official Star Wars stories, but is instead supplemental media that they pick and choose from and bring it back into the official canon. The official canon is now limited to the the nine Skywalker movies, the two additional movies, Clone Wars Rebels Resistance, The Mandalorian, and any video game that was published by LucasArts. But just for clarification then, so after the original trilogy was made and during that time when people first started writing books did Lucas just say oh yeah it's totally fine this is part of the canon even though he wasn't responsible for those books yeah at the time that was more or less the way it worked when the first few books came out he Lucas himself required that he review and provide edit uh, like editorial oversight over the books to make sure that they told a cohesive story after about 15 years he kind of got tired of it and just let people start writing whatever they wanted and as long as they paid the royalties to lucas arts for the star wars logo they could publish a star wars book and that was about the point where the story started to sort of wander off and things got a little bit disjointed um, and didn't and they started to not flow particularly well. Like the different versions of Batman? Kind of like the different versions of Batman. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we have the basics. We know there's also some video games, which we'll talk about in another episode in more detail. Um, but give us a rundown of who the main characters are. So the main characters on sort of the, the light side or the good guy side are um, Luke Skywalker, who is you know, a, a farm boy from Tatooine who grows up to be a Jedi master um, and sort of rediscovers the Jedi. Um, his first mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is an old Jedi knight who lives on Tatooine for most of uh, Luke's life to be his eventual mentor. And, you know, Obi-Wan's story starts there, but actually gets told back into the past. He, he, he fought in the Clone Wars. He trained other Jedi, et cetera, et cetera. We learned about him in the first... Uh, in the prequel trilogy, right. and um, if the powers that be get their act together, we'll learn more about him in a uh, TV show on Disney Plus as well. That's right. Other characters that are important are um, Han Solo, who is a smuggler 
turned rebel leader turned all around kind of mostly good guy he was sort of a your typical rogue character um his um his uh, sidekick and co-pilot chewbacca is a wookiee who makes a lot of surprise appearances throughout the franchise but he he's a very old he's about uh 250 years old by the time the last time we see him uh and so he was around for the clone wars he was around for the rebellion he's around for the resistance he's around for kind of everything in the whole story um leia organa who eventually marries han solo becomes leia organa solo is um a princess of alderaan she's an imperial senator at age 16 and she goes on to lead the rebellion it's she's luke's sister she is also luke's sister by uh anakin skywalker who is luke and leia's father also known as darth vader and his secret wife padme amidala who is the queen and then later senator of the planet naboo um, which features prominently in episodes, really in episode one. And then she goes on to feature throughout a bunch of media, including episodes two, three, and Clone Wars, where she is uh, Anakin's love interest and sort of motivating character for much of his behavior, for better or worse. Right. We've got C-3PO. Uh, he's a tall, gold, humanoid-type-looking droid guy. Uh, we've got R2-D2. He's the little trash can-sized droid guy who's silvery blue. Um, we've got Jar Jar Binks, who is a light-side guy-ish, sort of, native to Naboo, but he kind of messes quite a few things up along the way. We've got Qui-Gon Jinn, who was Obi-Wan's mentor and master. Who else are we forgetting? Uh, we can't forget Yoda. So Yoda is a Jedi Master. He uh, he's like the Jedi he Master. Is, he is well, yeah. He is a Grand Master. He is the the highest ranking um, member of the Jedi Council, uh, and is around for pretty much everything. He he dies at the age of around nine hundred. There are probably there are dozens of other you know medium and minor characters that uh that that will come up in in our other discussions. You know, ranging from you know, recurring bounty hunters like Boba Fett and Bosk to, um, oh, we forgot the Emperor. Yeah, well, we were talking light side. Oh, We, we right. hadn't gotten to dark side yet. Yeah, sorry. So on the dark side, I suppose we should talk about some dark side characters. I'm obviously, I'm a light side fan, so I forget about the dark side from time to time. Yeah, but we must never forget about the dark side. It's always there tempting us. So dark side is led by uh, Emperor Palpatine. Um, his name revealed only a few years ago. His full name is Sheev Palpatine. Um, his first name, in fact, his last name isn't revealed until the prequel trilogy. His first name isn't revealed until some media that exists outside of uh, any of the visual media. It's in a book um, that is canon. Um, so Emperor Palpatine, Darth Vader is his kind of uh, head enforcer and his apprentice in the Sith tradition. Um, one of their head military and government commanders in the Empire is uh, Moff um, Tarkin. And uh, who else are other prominent dark side characters? There really aren't as many. Yeah, there, there really aren't as many because there's a bunch of, you know, stooges within the Empire um, that, you know, are rising to power or think they are, but really they're no match of power to the Emperor. So, you know, you've got a series of stooges. Uh, we have, um, what's that guy in Rogue One? Director Krennic. Yeah, he's a pretty bad guy. That yeah, he's I, he's a pretty yeah he's a he's a very ambitious person. He runs the Death Star project, um, and so he's responsible for the construction of the Death Star. Yeah, we've got Count Dooku. 
Count Dooku. Yep, he runs um, the separatist movement that leads the opposition side in the Clone War. He is a fallen Jedi who is one of uh, Palpatine's uh, early Sith apprentices. Um, we have one of my actual favorite characters, or I think one of the most interesting characters, and we're going to have a whole podcast about him. His name is Maul. Uh, some of you know him as Darth Maul. I think I pointed out in an earlier podcast his his tenure as Darth Maul is only a brief part of his life. He's a very interesting character. And then you can never forget Piet. I'm going to have to ask you to remind me who he is. You said never forget. Well, but yeah, Piet was the captain of a Star Destroyer who is promoted to admiral when Darth Vader strangles and kills his commander. He, oh, yeah. He's in a famous line when Darth Vader says... Do not disappoint me, Admiral Piet. And that's basically how he gets promoted. And then later he does disappoint Darth Vader. And Piet doesn't make it out of that movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? If that's how you rise, that is also how you will fall. Indeed. All right. So we we know the, the main characters. We know all, not all, but a lot of the different ways Star Wars content has been distributed. We also need to talk about the Force. What's the Force? So the Force is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us and binds us together. Um, in, in a direct quote of the first description of the Force. Um, but the Force is basically an, an energy field that can be harnessed by certain individuals who have a high concentration of midichlorians in their blood. Midichlorians are symbiotic organisms that allow people to contact the Force. It's fairly controversial. It was introduced in Episode 1. A lot of people didn't like the fact that there was a biological component to Force access, but it is canon and it is what it is. Um, but basically, through, through contacting and manipulating the Force, one can do superhuman things. So uh, levitation, telekinesis, uh, visiting the future... Uh, contacting people over long distances, astral projection, um, and then also the ability to sort of anticipate things that are going to happen. So it allows uh, Jedi to be more effective fighters, to do things with their lightsabers that ordinary people wouldn't be able to do. The Force has a light side and a dark side. The light side is fueled by those who are acting in the to the benefit of others and in selfless ways, and the dark side is accessed when one is acting in selfish ways. Um, and whether one can use both dark side and light side power simultaneously is a matter of much debate. But for the most part, when somebody starts to use the dark side, they get pulled into their sort of selfish ways and use it to accumulate more and more power until it consumes them. And that's where most of our bad guys come from. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, but if you haven't been watching The Mandalorian, you need to get on this because there's a character on The Mandalorian who is accessing what appears to be both light side and dark side powers of the Force, and it's awesome. And I want to know what's going to happen next. When does season two come out, Kevin? Season two comes out in November. Oh, I can't wait that long. Long wait. Okay. All right, so uh, dialing it back a notch, um, let's, let's talk about some of the different names that get thrown around as far as who they are big picture not just individual characters but big groups of people so what's a galactic republic so the galactic republic is basically the government of the galaxy in the star wars universe so the galactic republic is represented by a chancellor and a senate 
And I guess they have some courts, but they never really feature prominently in anything except people complain about them. But the the Galactic Republic is is an alliance of thousands of star systems and tens of thousands of planets within those star systems that make up uh, just sort of a, a you know conglomerate government. It has gone through several iterations through the course of history, going all the way back to the Old Republic um, that happened thousands of years before the Battle of Yavin. There is uh, the Modern Republic, which uh, is features prominently in episodes one, two, three in the Clone Wars. And then the uh, Republic falls briefly to the Empire, which we'll talk about, and then is restored as the New Republic. All right. So you use the Battle of Yavin as a time differentiator. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So within Star Wars canon, like the the timeline is divided into time before the Battle of Yavin and after the Battle of Yavin. And the, remind our listeners again what the Battle of Yavin is. So the Battle of Yavin takes place in uh, Episode 4, A New Hope, and it's the destruction of the first Death Star. Okay. And so just for for uh, like a cohesive sense of time, all time in Star Wars is measured around the Battle of Yavin. It's just how it's done. Like BC, AD. Basically, yes. Gotcha. All right. So we've got the Galactic Republic. We've got an old Republic. We've got a new Republic. All right. We had an empire very briefly for about 25 years. Uh, who are the rebels? So the rebels are, are an organization that rises up against the empire. So the when the Republic falls and the empire rises... Even before the emperor declared himself emperor, there were those who were uncomfortable with the direction that things were going. Uh, this included Bail Organa of, of Alderaan um, and a few other senators. Mon Mothma is among them. Uh, she's a character that features prominently in the rebellion. And they sort of planned that if things went too far and the Chancellor Palpatine uh, took his power too far, that they were going to start an organization to restore democracy to the galaxy. And when the empire, emperor declared himself emperor, they did just that. So they pulled together their resources um, and the resources of, of some of their allied planets, formed a little sort of uh, rebellion militia, and uh, led a, a guerrilla war against the empire. So they're basically the good guys. They're basically the good guys, but, you know, in a, in a sort of American Revolution way, they're fighting against the government. All right. They're the good guys because they wind up winning. Basically, yes. All right, cool. Um, who's the First Order? So the First Order rises from the ashes of the Empire, and it's not entirely clear where they came from and where they got their resources. Um, and certainly there are elements of their leadership um, and, and things that have not yet been explained in canon. But the First Order is basically a fascist government organization that rises from the fall of the Empire. Uh, they use similar ship styles. They use similar uh, iconography, symbolism. And they consider themselves to be sort of the successors to the Empire. And they fight against the New Republic, which is the legitimate government at the time. So they're basically their own sort of rebellion faction against the New Republic. They're bad guys because they lose. Right. And also, they have a very similar standard of admirals and generals and just basic people within their military to the empire. That's right. And actually, a lot of them are ex-empire. So, you know, when the emperor dies and Darth Vader dies, not everything in the in the empire dies with them. So uh, these are some, you know, sort of cast-offs and stuff. Um, then who's the resistance? So the resistance... <laughs> 
is a strange counter-rebel organization that fights against the First Order. And this is one of those parts of the, the movie 7, 8, and 9 that only makes a limited amount of sense. So we have a legitimate government, the New Republic. The New Republic has a military. The New Republic is reestablishing order throughout the galaxy. The First Order rises and starts to fight them. And But for some reason, instead of the New Republic out, out, outright fighting the First Order, a splinter fragment of ex-rebellion people start what's called the Resistance to fight a guerrilla war against the First Order because the government won't take care of this insurgent group. It's very confusing. I'm not really sure, but that's basically who your your kind of good guy faction is in episode 7, 8, and 9. So unbeknownst to us, the viewers of episode 7, 8, and 9, there may be a New Republic, you know, chancellor or someone like that that's completely powerless and doing nothing. There, There is. And, and during those movies, um, you know, General Hux, who is a general of the First Order, gives a speech about destroying the New Republic and their fleet. Um, and when they fire their their main weapon and they destroy some planets, that's what they're destroying the capital of the New Republic. And But for whatever reason, the New Republic does nothing to stop them. It's a very confusing political situation that's never really fully explained, but it allows the Resistance to have a secret base and be kind of a scrappy organization that Leia is leading, and uh, that makes us feel more Star Wars-y, I guess. All right, all right. So I, I think those are the basics of everyone we need to know, all the different things we need to know. Uh, you know, kind of taking a step back, uh, you know, there's lightsabers. Those are important within the Star Wars universe. Um, there is the Jedi Council. That's important within the Star Wars universe in the beginning. There's the music. The music in the Star Wars movies, incredible. John Williams, if you ever want to join us on our podcast, we got room for you on the couch. You're welcome anytime, but probably won't join us. Um, wh- what else? Spaceships. The whole thing takes place in space, and we could probably do a whole uh, a whole other podcast running down the different spaceships and styles and generations and all these kinds of things. But there's basically spaceships and armies um, that are continually fighting. It's, um, you know, the galaxy is always seems to be in turmoil and there always seems to be someone fighting someone else. And maybe it's just that the stories that are told are the stories of the times of war because the times of peace are boring. But um, it seems like everybody's always a, somebody's always a war with somebody else. And to balance that, you know, you got the light side, you got the dark side, you got war, but you also have love stories. There's a love story in every trilogy that's told as well. That's right. And I, I think that's important because where there is pain and suffering, there is love and hope. So, you know, everything kind of balances itself out. So we, we have love stories with, you know, brother and sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, you know, between comrades within the military we, we have all of that that's right and some of the like some of the more interesting uh, relationship stories and maybe not love stories are you know within the clone war show the relationships between clone troopers and each other trying to identify like discover individuality and friendships among people who are clones or the relationship between droids, right? Um, R2-D2 and C-3PO and BB-8 and R2-D2 have uh, have their own relationships. Yeah, it, there's so many different ways to find meaning between the characters besides just their actions on the screen. So yeah, there, there's a lot happening there. So what do we need in Star Wars? Like if you are brand new to Star Wars and you somehow decided to start listening to our podcast is the way to get into it, which is 
you know, ambitious and you probably glossed over a few of the most important things. Kevin, what are those most important things? Yeah. So we were talking about this earlier and I think that we've got it condensed down to, you know, if there is exactly, if there is one piece of Star Wars media that you're going to consume, you should watch Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, which was originally called Star Wars. It's a great standalone movie. It really takes in a lot of the essence of all of the things that make Star Wars, Star Wars. But if you want to go a little bit further, um, I think the best thing to do is watch the movie Rogue One first. So Rogue One is not the original trilogy, but it leads directly into it. And it sets up some things in a really interesting way that if I could kind of go back and men in black, men in black flashy thing myself and forget all of this, which would basically erase about two-thirds of my memories. You guys can't see him, but he's pretending to flashy thing himself. That's so true. it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, if I could go back and do that and like reconsume Star Wars, I think I would watch Rogue One first and then immediately after that watch A New Hope because they segue into each other and then watch the or- original trilogy. And that story by itself is uh, pretty amazing. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. I feel like Rogue One, uh, it's it might actually be one of my most favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. And I know we've already talked about Empire being the best, but best versus favorite. They don't have to be the same. But I feel like Rogue One is so great because I know what happened after Rogue One. And when I watch it, I see all the pieces fall into place. And then that continuity. So if you watch the original trilogy, or then you go back and you watch Rogue One and immediately turn on A New Hope right after, I think that's the perfect way to do it. So you said Rogue One. Then the original trilogy. The original trilogy. So A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Then if I had to, again, in order of consumption and not in order of preference, I would say the next things to watch would be Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, then the Clone Wars cartoon show, and then Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yes. All right. Which... We'll have to talk about this at a much later time and in much more detail. But I think episode one gets a really bad rap, but there's a lot of plot there. And Kevin's suggesting you skip all of that plot and immediately go into what is perhaps the worst movie or second worst movie in Star Wars, um, Attack of the Clowns or Clones. Well, actually, that was not an accidental slip. I can't even pretend that. Yeah, no, it's Attack of the Clowns. It's pretty terrible. Um... But, you know, you kind of look at these movies and you see the different plot points. And he's right. You can pretty much catch up on the most important things if you skip Phantom Menace, which is episode one. That's right. And I'm not saying that episode one is not important. And I actually, I think I agree. Episode one is probably a better movie than two and maybe three. When we get to our kind of viewing guide on those two, I've got some tips to make them better. Um, but, uh, if you want another really good story arc of star Wars from attack of the clones through revenge of the Sith, uh, via the clone Wars TV show is an amazing story arc. And then the next piece of content that I think is pretty great. I'm, I'm very high on the rebels TV show. And in part, because running through that entire arc, including, I suppose at this point, episode one, uh, is the story of Maul, which is yet another whole podcast that we're going to do. All right. And then I'm just going to throw in my two cents for those of you who really try to get into Star Wars, but you just can't quite figure out how to do it. Ride the Ride Star Tours. It's so much fun. It's just a great time. You get, what, 
two and a half, three minute Star Wars space adventure. You've got C-3PO as your guide. And it's just a raucous good time. I'd recommend that as well. I wouldn't exclude that from your Star Wars starter kit media experience. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, from what I hear and haven't been there, but the two new rides that they've built at um, Galaxy's Edge are pretty great too. Uh, but I agree. Star Tours is a Star Tours is a great little intro jump into, into everything that is uh, what makes Star Wars great. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for tonight. Kevin, I love you. I know. <laughs>